As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. High in the air, Brito back at the wall, adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 132 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I am here with Andy Baggerly. Andy, what happened in the 132nd game of 2010 for the Giants? 132 games into the season. Let's see. That would be, what, maybe like early August or so? Um, That would be late August. I'll give you the date. August 30th. Okay, let's see. August 30th. Well, the rotation wasn't pitching well at that time. Um, Was, let's see, when was the series at Wrigley Field when uh, when they went, the hitters went nuts? Um, That that may have been in September, actually. Uh, Was it the day that Pat Burrell hit like a homer to beat the Dodgers, maybe? No, you know what? I, this is I, a little bit of a trick question because this is a blown save from Brian Wilson against the Rockies. It was at home at then A&T Park. Uh, the Giants lost two to one. They fell five games behind the Padres and that was it for their season. They were done. There's no <laughs> coming back from that. Uh, that's how I felt at the time. At the time, uh, I got a text from a Padres friend, uh, a Padres fan friend who basically said, boy, if I were following the Giants, I'd be focused on the 49ers right now. And I never forgot that. I sent him that text back right away after September. You know what's funny about that day that Brian Wilson blew that save is that Nolan Arenado hit the home run and he didn't even debut in the big leagues for three more years. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good gag. That's good. No, it was, uh, let's see, it was a walk from uh, Jonathan Sanchez, who started the ninth inning. That's how well he was pitching. He started the ninth inning, walked Dexter Fowler, and then Carlos Gonzalez hit a triple, and he scored on an air. Uh, that, that's just a, I remember that loss now that I put it, now that I remember exactly how it happened. There were a lot of moments that season where I thought, yeah, this just isn't going to work. Season-defining loss, it was not for the Giants. They went on to greater things in 2010. So, 
Um, we're not 132 games into this season. We're only about 40 games into the season. But uh, what kind of feeling uh, are you getting now? I have good vibes. You know, I... I, I... I think I, uh, let's say I wrote on Tuesday, I, I said, we're past the point where we're saying maybe this is a good team. I think we can escalate that to this is probably a good team. I mean, like it's early in the season. It's, you know, we're still just 36 games in. There's a lot of baseball left. There are a lot of pitfalls. You know, there's still June, July. Oh, I forget about it. This is probably a good baseball team. They're not playing super great teams, aside from the Padres, followed by the Padres, followed by the Padres, uh, and, and, took, <laughs> and, and beat them five times out of nine, which is which is pretty darn good, considering they had to face Hugh Darvish a couple times, and, and, and uh, you know we know how good that team is. But yeah, the Texas Rangers are not a super great team, and and they're they're winning at home. You know they they took two games at home from the Rangers, and they're fourteen and four, and that that to me is one of the biggest turnarounds that we've seen with this with just the whole organization is. They were abysmal at home in 2019. They had the worst record in San Francisco Giants history at home. And, you know, we tend to forget that because they played fairly decent on the road and didn't lose like 106 games. But they were awful at home. And they played a lot better at home last season. And now, man, I mean, they've got just a great home field advantage. You feel it when they're at home. And they're pitching well and they're playing good defense and they're they're. Uh, they're able to hit the ball out of the ballpark now. Um, even Buster Posey is able to hit the ball out of the ballpark again. Um, and uh, you get the feeling that between how stable the rotation's been and how well they're playing at home, those are two things that that teams that that you know, go on huge slides or or you know they'll have a month that really just takes them out of contention uh, usually don't have those things going for them. So those are real, two really good things that are going in the Giants' direction. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One thing when I look at the roster, okay, so we know that Buster Posey's going bananas. We know that he's having his best season in a long, long time. But when I look at the 26-man roster, it's not a 26-man roster of Buster Posey's who are all going to come down to earth at some point. They're Like, the Giants have been unremarkable in a lot of ways. I know the rotation has been much, much better than expected, but at the same time, they've dealt with adversity. They've dealt with Solano and Dickerson and LaStella going on the injured list. They've had to rely on their depth. Mike Yastrzemski is is hitting much better than he was, but he he hasn't been like an MVP candidate. You're not having breakout performance here, breakout performance there, and, and you have to wonder if they're for real. It's been a very unremarkable sort of push toward toward first place other than Buster Posey in the rotation, which is a big part of it. But I'm not looking at this and saying like, oh, yeah, there's 26 guys who are playing over their heads and they're going to come back down to earth. Yeah, Solano was a silver slugger last season. Listella was their biggest offseason acquisition for for this lineup and they're without both of those two guys and you know even losing Mike Yastrzemski for for you know close to two weeks I mean that's a guy who was uh what uh, eighth in the National League and, and the MVP balloting last year I mean you, you take a guy out of out of a, a lineup that that doesn't look like it's you know got a whole bunch of Ronald Cunha juniors in it and and you think that's got to have a devastating effect but it really didn't and um and, and now uh Yaz is back and and he was just starting to get in a groove when he uh 
he had the little uh, oblique issue, and, and now it looks like he's starting to take uh, some better swings now. So, yeah, I, I agree. We, we haven't seen the best of this offense, which means we probably haven't seen the best of this team. And uh, and you know what? They're, they're, they're taking advantage of, of playing teams that are not at the top of, of, of the league. And, and that uh, now they'll see if they can go and, and, and do it on the road against the Pirates and, and then the Reds after that. We, we know they, they didn't necessarily look so great when they started their uh, – series at Miami and, and typically that's been that's been true of the Giants when they travel east the first game always seems to be a struggle uh, of an east coast road trip so we'll see if they uh, if they come out and can can take advantage of another opponent that they should probably beat in the Rangers series uh, on Tuesday Logan Webb had his career high in strikeouts with 10 strikeouts he looked really 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 shaky in the first inning and I figured okay well you know I can't win them all and then he was like the Logan Webb that the Giants are counting on, not just for this season, but for next season, the season after that. He looked like the rotation pillar that the Giants are, are kind of hoping that he will be. It's just, it's just how he's going to be for the rest of the year. I mean, he has so few innings pitched in his career. Should we just expect one inning where he looks just off kilter and then the next, the changeup is, is disappearing? I mean, are we going to have to watch growing pains all year? Or is at some point, is he going to round into form and, and kind of snap into shape and be more that pitcher he was after the first inning? Yeah, I mean, it's it's consistency seems to be the the, the thing that's going to have to sort of change for him. Once he can find a way to be consistent uh, from inning to inning, from pitch to pitch, make his, uh, when he goes out of the strike zone to make them more competitive misses, that's what they're telling him. They're telling him, hey, do not be afraid of, of your stuff plays. It will work in the zone. So uh, it's just a matter of getting him to be consistent and, 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 and getting the confidence that will come from that. But, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the deal is, you know, he has a great start, a very encouraging start, or he has a very good spring training. And you can't necessarily trust that that's what you're going to get the next time out. But, you know, if he has enough good outings, then maybe he'll start to trend in that direction. And, and, and the biggest deal is that, you know, even if, even if they decide they have to take him out of the rotation because it's not working for him, um, you know, they should have other people that they can plug in. Um, you know, if, if uh, they can get Aaron Sanchez uh, back to feeling strong again and, and um, you know, get his t- tendonitis out of there and get him throwing to what he was throwing early in February, then, then he could be an option. But, um, you know, more than anything, it's just it seems like this rotation has just been very stable all year long. And I don't think we could have envisioned that going into the season. Let me pose a hypothetical to you. If Sanchez were to take a a little bit longer and say Cueto had to miss a start, let's say they need to go beyond the six starting pitchers that we've seen this year. Who do you think would be next in line? Would it be Nick Tropiano? Would it be Connor Menez? Uh, Would it be someone I'm not thinking of? Who would be the next kind of tier of depth for the Giants? You're not even going to give Darren Ruff the courtesy of mentioning him as a candidate. (laughs) Really? One inning and you just decided I don't want to see any more of that. He gave up runs. I need I need my my uh, position player pitching to to work like Pablo quick with a disappearing off speed pitch. Come on now. The 77 mile an hour cutter over the middle of the plate didn't wasn't nearly as effective as he envisioned it would be. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I think it would be Connor Menez because he's on the 40 man. Uh, you know, it's a little tricky to get uh, someone on there who's who's not on the 40 man already. Um, so uh, pro- probably Menez would be would be the guy or they could just go with a bullpen game. I mean, they've got enough arms down there to be able to, you know, start with Harleen Garcia or start with, you know, um, I don't know, they could probably 
slice it a lot of different ways. Uh, we haven't seen them use an opener yet this year. I mean, there's been no reason for them to, but there may be situations, especially when they play the Dodgers, we know that they're going to be, you know, sort of extra kind of schemey when they play the Dodgers, and we haven't seen that yet. So um, there, there's still maybe some permutations or some ways that they can pivot with this pitching staff. But the, the, the easiest thing to do is is just if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it hasn't been broke at all. So, uh, But I, I, I do want to get your opinion on or your, your sort of um, observations on just what it was like for you to be at the ballpark because, you know, you, you were in the press box for uh, for Logan Webb's great uh, start and um, and the game on Tuesday against the Rangers. A beautiful day, I mean, in the Bay Area. Um, I haven't gone out to a game yet because I'm not at full vaccination yet, but uh, what uh, what was it like for you? All right, so I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but j- just to, to recap, I took quarantine, shelter in place, what have you, very, 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 very seriously. I was probably a little bit overboard, you might say. I mean, just super protective, didn't go out. I didn't order food in for like the first eight, nine, ten months. I literally cooked every night. I was just, you know, I was scared about touching things. I was scared about, you know, about everything. And I probably took it too far. So I've, I've come out of my show a little bit. Now that I'm at full vaccination, I can tell you that if I were in the press box without full vaccination, it would have freaked me out. It would. I've, I'm a hypochondriac to begin with, uh, but I was in the front row of the press box and there's a little bit of a thoroughfare, thoroughfare there and people would walk by sometimes with masks, sometimes without. Uh, it, I would not have felt comfortable, but now that I'm vaccinated, it's my two weeks is in the past. I just really enjoy getting out there and it's fun to hear the crowd. I mean, last year I went to games, but there was no crowd. It was a bunch of weird, creepy cardboard and Rod Serling narrating. I mean, it was, (laughs) you know, Trent Grisham hitting walk-off home runs for the Padres at Oracle Park. There was nothing natural about it. Uh, It's not a full crowd. You know, you can tell it's sparser than you might be used to, but it's still a crowd. It's still people razzing the umpires when they take their third review of the game and and it goes against the Giants. There's still uh, people on their feet for Jake McGee trying to will him to get that final out. And I really, really, really do enjoy it. And I forgot how much I missed it. There's a couple reasons that I haven't gone out to cover um, uh, home games. And obviously we're not traveling on the road. Um, And and the, the, the main one is that, you know, my access is the same whether I am watching from home or I'm in the press box. You know, our only access is on the Zoom interviews. And so, um, you know, the marginal gain of, of being at the ballpark is really just to experience what the atmosphere is like at the ballpark. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I did that last year with no fans. And honestly, it was depressing for me uh, to be at the ballpark. And I'm thinking, here I am, like one of, you know, three or four dozen people who get to watch a Major League Baseball game in person, which there's so many baseball fans who would just love to be able to do that. And yet I couldn't really appreciate that because, like you said, there were so many elements of it that just reminded you we are not in normal town. Uh, We are going through something that is completely, um, uh, you know, unnerving. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that that kind of colored my experience of, okay, is it really worth me going out and covering games in person this year, and now you 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 add in that there's going to be several thousand people at the ballpark. Um, you know, uh, you're obviously going to be crossing paths with more people. Um, so you know, I just was like, okay, until I'm fully vaccinated, I am just going to stay at home and I'm going to you know watch the games. And 
God, I love listening to Crook and Kipe. I've never listened to them so much as I have the last two years, and they need to go in the Hall of Fame, and they need to go in together. Uh, only if, if only because it would be the best speech in Hall of Fame induction history. Um, but uh, but uh, but a couple things have happened recently. One uh, in in uh, in another week or two, I'll I'll be at a full potency after my second shot, so that's great. Um, the other thing is, it was just announced yesterday that MLBPA and Major League Baseball have come to an agreement and sent out recommendations to clubs uh, to allow for players to be available uh, in one-on-one interviews. Which you know is that's you know that's where where I like to operate. That's where I think we do our best work is when you know you're talking to players individually and not just in these sort of sterile you know group zooms asking granular game detail stuff. So. Now that that's back on the table, um, I'm I'll be out there next to homestand um, when they play the Dodgers. I'll be in the press box um, next road trip uh, to Arizona and LA. I'll be I'll be there, and um, it I'm really really looking forward to it because there's some trepidation with you know getting back into the world, but but also it's like yeah this is what I do. This is this is what you know this is what the job is and what it's supposed to be and. Um, so to, to get back some of that, I think I'm really looking forward to it. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When I went last year for opening day, it was a big step for me. It was, I had not come out of my shell at all. And to go out and to actually engage with people, like my eyes were probably the size of a silver dollar the whole time. Uh, I never felt comfortable, but I I saw, you know, I was safe and distance and we sat out in front of the press box and, and I had a good experience and I went back last year. I didn't go initially this year for opening day because I thought that the problems would be in the the thoroughfares, in just the behind the seats and walking and getting food. I thought that would be a real claustrophobic mess. And it's not. It is not. So if you are on the fence about going to a game because you're worried about everyone kind of, you know, being together and jostling and elbowing each other, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. Um, So that's been a pleasant surprise. I do miss the traveling. I mean, I I didn't travel so much in 2019. That's not my job here at The Athletic. It it was more my job with uh, my previous employer. Uh, But I miss that. I miss going to a new ballpark and, and experiencing just something for the first time, whether it's Nationals Park or whether it's uh, uh, Marlins Park. Uh, I miss that a lot. And that's something I'm looking forward to getting back to going to Dodger Stadium and climbing up the that huge mountain to get to your seat and, and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I, I'm missing that. And so I, I would imagine you're pretty excited about that part. Dodger dogs, they're no longer supplied by Farmer John. I think I'm even better. I think I'm duty bound to taste a new one because they couldn't be worse than the previous ones. So um, but yeah, I, I, maybe not. I've, I've been so focused on not getting sick that eating a Dodger dog is probably kind of counterintuitive to that process. I think we were asked, maybe it was a, a tweet that you responded to, or I don't know how, how it came up, but what is your favorite hot dog in the major leagues? I mean, it, you've probably had quite a few. What's your favorite hot dog? Yeah, I, I did. I asked that uh, on Twitter and I got some interesting responses from, uh, and I also said, don't say Dodger dog because you're wrong and I'm going to judge you. 
I'm going to judge you if you say Dodger dog. And, and uh, but other than that, yeah, what, what, what's your what's your favorite hot dog? And and you know, a lot of people said Wrigley Field, and I don't remember the hot dogs being great at Wrigley Field. I mean, you know, when you do it Chicago style and you put on that that uh, nuclear waste uh, green color relish and the celery salt and the sport peppers. I love the fact that there's a specific pepper that they call a sport pepper because they put it on things you eat at sporting events. I love that. In fact, I would I would grow some sport peppers in my backyard. Um, anyone who knows how I can get my hands on some sport pepper starts, please let me know. Um, so yeah, I, it was interesting. A lot of people said Wrigley Field. I'm trying to think of what the best hot dog I've ever had. I remember I had one in Cleveland one time, and I was like, "This is surprisingly good." Like the the bun wasn't like you know soggy because it had been wrapped up and sitting in steam. It was like fluffy and fresh and the hot dog casing had good snap and it was juicy on the inside and, and really i'll take any hot dog if i can have that little turny wheel crank and put on the chopped onions uh th- that's my favorite part <laughs> yeah it, i'm really biased and I'll, I'll tell you why because 2016 was the first world series that i covered both cities and Previous to that, you would get a form and Matt would fill out and, and she would ask, okay, which city would you go to? Because we're only going to send you to one. So if you had your, here are all the potential matchups. If it's Yankees versus Dodgers, which city do you want to go to? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I filled out all these, like a hierarchy of which cities I would go to. But I told them, I said, listen, if it's Indians, Cubs, I have to be at all of them. And I know that that's bananas unlikely. I know that that's not going to happen. But if it's Indians and Cubs, that means one of them's going to win and I have to be there that that's the story and so look at that it was the indians and cubs so i'm there covering my first world series and because of my seniority i'm in the auxiliary box behind a post for at Wrigley <laughs> field i'm just staring at a post the whole time and loving it and right behind the auxiliary box was a little you know a kiosk that sold hot dogs and i loved it it was just you know it's got like pickles on it and it's it's got all the celery salt and all the accoutrement like you're saying and i just fell in love with that particular hot dog people were saying no 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 guaranteed rate field is better food all around and i believe that but for me the best hot dog i've ever had was uh in wrigley field you know what that's true and and you make a good point about guaranteed rate rate park there or whatever they call it now new comiskey um it's i remember having a bratwurst there and it was pretty close to the sheboygan bratwurst you get uh, in san francisco um but it was just delicious i mean it was so good it might be the best sausage i've ever had uh in terms of like just you know anything on a roll um but but the the hot dog question was limited to hot dogs only no uh no you know no uh knockwurst or or polish dogs or nothing from from the from the racing sausages family other than the classic hot dogs so uh, but i will say that i i think you make uh, an excellent point that i can also verify which is the white Sox have some really good concessions If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I need to go there. I, I do enjoy seeing new ballparks. The only ballpark that I've been to, I'm such an easy mark. I enjoy, I, I retweeted yesterday uh, my love letter to the Oakland Coliseum. I love the Coliseum. I love the vibe. I love the fans. I love that it's easy to, to get good tickets on a Tuesday night against the Royals. I love the food trucks. Like, I am so just into whatever ballpark you shovel at me. I love Marlins Park. I, I When I went to Houston, I really enjoyed that ballpark. The only ballpark that left me really, really cold so far is Nationals Park. I just, it's like, you know, the name Nationals Park gives you an idea of what you're into. It's not a bad park. It's just Nationals Park. You know, it's just, it's, it's there. That's the only ballpark. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, from a press uh, perspective, they basically put the press box uh, way up on the roof of the place. So you're up way high. And then the broadcasters are one level above the writing press. So, you know, it's impossible for Dwayne Kuyper to tell if a, a pop-up from a, from a home run. Uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of funny because from up at that height, you can see the U.S. Capitol, but it's way, way off in the distance and it looks very tiny and, and you're not that far from it. So you'd think that, you know, you have this great view of the U.S. Capitol, but it's uh, only if you're way up high and then only... Uh, it's only really small. So, but you're right. It does feel a little sterile. And I think there are, you know, a lot of the retractable roof parks can feel kind of like an airplane hangar a little bit or a, a big Costco. Um, but you know, I, the, the atmosphere when, when you get one of those places going is, is, is still pretty awesome. I mean, I, I love going to Milwaukee just cause I love Brewers fans. I, I love the energy. I love the fact that they are tailgating in the parking lot. Like it's a football game. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's the, what makes a ballpark is, is the fans, no matter how beautiful the ballpark is. And thank goodness we've got fans back in, in stadiums again. Yeah, I'm going to uh, not to go off on a complete tangent, but I feel like I'm going to miss the opportunity to get these stories out if I don't tell them right now, because when are we <laughs> going to be talking about Nationals Park again? Uh, Nationals Park, I was in the Oxbox and what they did there was they put bleachers, portable bleachers behind the actual bleachers for the home run derby. And it was 100 degrees and I'm going to say 106 degree or 106 percent humidity. Uh, it was just a gnarly day with with sweat and it's just gnarly. And so I sat in my seat in the auxiliary box and it was the home run derby. And I realized that I only had a view of what happened about two feet above the batter. Like the overhang was was limiting my sight. Uh, and so it would be swing and connection and then no idea. Did not know if it was a pop-up, did not know if it was a line. It was the funniest thing. I, I sat there for about three pitches and just said, I can't, what is this? Um, so that's coloring my experience. But the funnier one, I think for me, is to go back to Wrigley Field. I was loaded up with three layers of thermal underwear. Okay. And so the first time I go to the bathroom, it's the press bathroom and I'm there. I've got three layers of thermal underwear. I'm just loaded up. I've got mittens. I'm just a real California baby about the weather. And I go to the <laughs> urinal and I don't know which writer was next to me, but he had to have noticed that I spent 
about a minute, a full minute, trying to figure out how to go to the bathroom, like searching through three layers of thermal underwear. And he doesn't know that I'm wearing thermal underwear. I'm just pawing at myself for a minute, trying to go to the bathroom. And it was the most humiliating experience of my life. And I, it was like probably Ken Rosenthal or something. Like he probably still to this day is like, wow, that's the guy who had troubles going to the bathroom. Sorry, had to get that out. Since we're, we're on this topic, and, and we will never be on this topic again, by the way. Um, I will tell you about something that happened to me once in the Dodger Stadium press restroom. Now, uh, there, I, I once I once took a leak next to Vin Scully, and and Vin asked me how I was doing as I was in midstream, and that was that was a great life experience. How's it hanging? No, he didn't say that. Um, but uh, one time there was an ESPN on-air personality who shall remain nameless. And uh, and no, it wasn't uh, Gary. What's his name? Who once was arrested for peeing out of a, a a bar, a second second story bar window in Cleveland. Um, it was another ESPN personality, and he stands at the urinal, and he drops trousers to his ankles, and uses the urinal with his bare ass hanging out. And I was like, who does that in like in 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 like you know public? Like like he's a six year old. I couldn't believe it. Still can't believe it. Did Won't you back name. back 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 away? I did. Uh, uh, that. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I, see, just, I had. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do there, but it, it, no, it was it wasn't uh, it wasn't Boomer. It wasn't Boomer. Oh, I thought I had it. I thought I had it. Okay, well, uh, I enjoy the Bags and Brisby bathroom chat. This is uh, illuminating, I think, for our listeners because what are we going to talk? about the Giants are just you know they're sti- they're good they're 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 doing what they're supposed to be doing they're winning we were just here a couple of days ago talking about it so I mean are there any other rocks and nooks and crannies to look under this team I have no idea at this point I mean it's honestly there's there's a lot that you can look at with this team that that is just like endlessly fascinating I'm, I'm writing something right now about uh base running and um the, the level of prep that goes into a game and a series, I, I I knew it was a lot, but it's just kind of astounding how much homework this coaching staff does to look for every little uh, area that they can kind of, whether they can quantify it or whether it's a tendency they can exploit. And, you know, it, it's manifested by the fact you've got a guy like Austin Slater who is, he averages 28 uh, feet per second. Um, you know, that's above average, but not by much. The major league average is 27 feet per second. Your Ronald Acuna is the world around 31. So here's a guy with just better than average foot speed, and he's 22 for 23 in his career in stolen base attempts. And we know that teams aren't stealing as many bases as they used to because, you know, the prospect of making an out is, is a lot more damaging than the advantage of moving up 90 feet. But the teams that can do it at better than 75% success rate, it's worth it if you can pick your spots and laser focus down on when those spots are. And, I mean, it's it's really fascinating to see how much this coaching staff probably has to do with putting these players in positions to be successful. And I, I think the Giants are just doing a great job of that. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I remember in the spring when the Giants were stealing a lot more bases than anyone else in the Cactus League or Grapefruit League, for that matter. And I thought to myself, for some reason, I remember the Giants doing that last year in the Cactus League. I said, well, this is just what Captain does. Why not run? It's no harm, no foul. These are all exhibition games anyway. But then I looked, they really didn't steal that much in 2020 spring training. This year was a concerted effort to really get the guys going. And we're talking, it's not just Slater. It's Brandon Crawford. It is Darren Ruff. It's it's guys you maybe you're not expecting. It's the sneak attack steals. Brandon Belt has two stolen bases this year. Uh, and I think it's, you know, it's trying to take every little advantage in, in a league where perhaps teams aren't running for the reasons that you said. The incremental advantage was lost. Maybe teams aren't looking for it. And so the Giants have figured that out. And so far, as of this recording, they're 17 for 21. Uh, that's a heck of a percentage. So they're like the sneak attack stolen base specialist right now. Yeah, and I was talking to Antoine Richardson, the first base coach, about that. And uh, he's like, hey, you know, if you got Ricky Henderson on base, as soon as he draws a walk, everyone's got 110% of their uh, attention on him. But there are a lot of guys that uh, will get on base and pitchers just won't pay as much attention. He said hey, that that's low-hanging fruit. And, and, and he even he, he uh, made a funny analogy. He said, you know, if you're watching a movie and it's kind of like a mystery or a whodunit, uh, it's not going to be the obvious guy who ends up being the the you know the the murderer in the end of the movie. It's the, the least likely suspect. So so that's that's what they're kind of looking at. Who are our least likely suspects, and what are the opportunities that exist out there? Because they're not going to get the attention of you know Byron Buxton when they're on base. Going back and looking over minor league stats, I'm really upset that Antoine Richardson never made it uh, to the majors with the Giants. He was always a high on-base percentage guy in the minor leagues, uh, just always a, a super fun player and prospect to follow. He did have, uh, what did he play, 22 games in the majors. Uh, I always thought he deserved more of a chance as a major league bench guy, and specifically with the Giants. I always wanted him to get his shot with the Giants. Six for six in his career in stolen base opportunities um, and uh, scored a pretty big run, uh, didn't he? When he, he um, did he pinch run for Derek Jeter or something happened? I forget. There was some there was some way he was linked with Derek Jeter uh, and had a cool moment. But you're right. Uh, didn't have uh, much time in the major leagues. But hey, he's a major leaguer now. He's wearing a uniform and on a major league field. And this is a guy who was about an 85 percent base dealer in the minors. And 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 clearly he's got a lot of things that he can he can help uh, uh, bring to, to the table in this coaching staff. And, and Alyssa Nacken, one of the areas that she's really contributing is in, in base running as well. Uh, because you can scout uh, ad infinitum and you can crunch all the numbers and add up a, you know, a catcher's pop time and a pitcher's time to the plate and a, a, a runner's sprint speed and calculate it down to the thousandth of a percent, You know what, what someone's probability of being safe is. But... If that pitcher starts using a slide step in the game that he hadn't used before, you know you got to you got to notice that you got to react to that, and 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 that's one of the things that that Alyssa Nacken uh, does. Antoine was telling me is she's the one who's really in real time being like, hey, 
you know, they they made an adjustment here. We have to adjust back, and uh, and seeing a lot of those things that other people aren't seeing in real time, and and that that was kind of cool to hear. All right, looking forward to your piece. This has been episode 132 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. The next time we talk, Andy, we're going to have watched four games between the Giants and the Pirates. So on Monday, when we're chatting, we're either going to have a lot of nice things to say about the Giants, or we are going to absolutely slam them. I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. As am I. All right, thank you so much for listening. We will be back on Monday. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.